Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. And, and one of the reasons why I'm good this morning, Nia, okay, uh, uh, listeners. Coffee. Uh, uh, one, uh, coffee, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, um, let's take a step back. One, I'm alive. Two, I have coffee. Um, and, and, and three, you know, la- last night, you know, you know, you know, my daughter told me that she loved me and I, you know, she wished I slept well. So, oh, you know, hey, so you know, there you are. That's all you really needed. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm particularly good this morning, uh, um, Nia, uh, because we once again are going to give you an opportunity to play one of your favorite roles. And that is you get to be a unicorn. And what I'm talking about here, uh, listeners, is today's episode is going to be about a job search that is going on in the federal government for a position that, if I dare say, most Americans probably don't know exists, okay? But if Nia had a chance, I have a feeling... Oh, yeah. This would be yet another federal government job that she would love to have. I'd paint all the doors red. <laughs> and the job that I'm talking about, <laughs> okay, it, and we're not making this up. This is a real job. There, There is a job advertisement for it. It's a currently open job. And even <laughs> when you hear this recording, we're recording this a little earlier than you'll hear it. But even if, even by then, it won't be filled, I bet. No, no. if I had to venture a guess... We will be well into 2024 before this position gets filled on a permanent basis. That's what I think, too. And what we're talking about is the architect of the Capitol, okay, which is an actual position with an agency underneath it, okay? And, and, and Nia, why is the position opened? Because <laughs> as far as I can tell, nobody seems to be able to do that job without vast amounts of corruption okay wait we should start off by saying there have been since the beginning of the united states 12 12 architects of the capitol and the first guy was hired by washington by president washington yeah the 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 dude's name was uh william thornton okay again i just like that last name i like that hard t sound right and isn't he the one who like he designed the Capitol, right? He designed the U.S. Capitol. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, okay. He designed the U.S. Capitol, and and the uh, pre- and President Washington said, "You ought to be the architect of the Capitol," and yeah. and he went, "I," and he was yeah. the art- architect of the Capitol. I'm and, sure and, it was more formal than that. But you know, but, Washington went to Congress. Okay, uh, President Washington went to Congress. Okay, Congress authorized the position, funded the position, but. There's only been 12 in the history of the United States. In 230 years. Okay. Um, I mean, in most of these uh, folks, um, and I think they've been all what? Uh, uh, male, right? They've been okay. all, uh, well, now almost all dead white guys. But they've been white guys 
uh, of a certain age. Most of them have not been young. Oh, no, no, no. They have been sort of older in their careers. A couple of them were young-ish in the sense that they were in their 50s or 60s. But this is not a position where you hire a 22-year-old out of architecture school, even even as awesome as they are, right? Yes. Frank Lloyd Wright, M.P. Way. But, uh, no, I am Pay. Um, I'm Pay, yeah. Sorry, uh, any of those really awesome architects still would have wanted to be aged a little before. And they serve a really long period of time. I yeah, mean, they like, all do like eight or ten. Uh, only a couple of them have done short, short stints, stints, including the last one, <clears throat> which we will get to in a little bit. But a lot of them are go over presidents like they're 10 years 15 years so they're serving multiple presidents and for most of our country's history it was an unknown (laughs) uncontroversial position (laughs) right okay right Even, even though it has awesome and extremely difficult responsibilities so listeners i'm just going to give you a short list of some of the things that the uh, uh, off, uh, the the U.S. Architects Office is responsible for. First of all, it is to maintain more than 200 acres of grounds, okay, and 18.4 million square feet of buildings of the federal government. So we're talking about the Congress, okay. You're talking about the the White House grounds. You're talking about the Supreme Court building, okay? The Library of Congress, the, 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 oh, which, yes. which just speaks to my heart because there's a whole bunch of those buildings, and they are complicated to run. Oh, yeah. It's Anybody true. who's ever run a library will tell you just humidity is the most dangerous thing in the world, let alone everything else, fire and all that other stuff. You know, storing, painting, et cetera, et cetera. You got all that. And by the way, listeners, this is you know maybe a, a future podcast episode where Nia and I – um, do our favorite government, U.S. government buildings, okay? Because as many of you can probably imagine, okay, for me, the, you know, the, the, the temple, the shrine is the U.S. Supreme Court. But a very close second for me is the Library of Congress. Because it's okay? beautiful. Oh, not only is it beautiful, okay. But it, it holds all our, it's got all our knowledge. Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has books. Books and books and books and books and books. But anyways, I digress. So the architect's office, in addition to what I just described, it manages restaurants. Because what many, many Americans don't understand is, okay, most federal government buildings have restaurants, cafeterias, right? And visitor, the visitor center has a restaurant, has several restaurants, I think. Yes. That you can go to the Botanic Gardens, which they also manage, has a restaurant, has a restaurant and a cafe. So yes. yeah, they have to do all that. They have a power plant. They, it, they yes, they have a power plant. The they Capitol has its own power plant, power which plant. makes sense when you think about in terms of security. Yes. If you could turn off the power to the Capitol, that would be really bad, right? So one would hope that that is very hardened against attack. Or or to think about this, okay, the city council for the districts of Columbia, okay, gets upset because Congress slashed its budget. So it could (laughs) save rolling brownouts. (laughs) Rolling brownouts. We'll put the screws to you, members of Congress. The architect's office also manages parking garages, right? 
because a lot of federal buildings have parking garages, not only for the people who work there, but for the visitors who have business there. Right. They manage gymnasiums. Congress has multiple gyms. That's the, true. The Supreme Court has its own gymnasium. Uh, the so-called highest court in the land includes a basketball court, okay, in the Supreme Court building. I bet many of you all don't know that, you know, the Supreme Court has a basketball court. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. And, and the main reason why I found this out is when I did my dissertation research about Byron White, Byron White played basketball well into his 70s while he served on the court, and he was known as um, a bruising, okay, <laughs> player. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, they run a subway system. And, and Nia, where's the subway system? It's under the Capitol grounds, right? It's the way that you get from one building. There's yes. a whole set of tunnels and subway yes. style things. and Yeah, this allows lawmakers to get from one congressional building to another so they can cast votes in committee hearings and on the floors of both the House and the Senate. And side note, there are eight congressional buildings, office buildings, yes. because you have to house um, 635 people plus all of their staff. 535. You 535 said, plus the Senate, right? 435. 435 plus, plus 100. 100. Sorry. Well, wow. my was, math went totally bonkers there. I added an extra. No, 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 no. I was just like, Sorry. wow. But, what, but did, 535. Did we, did we just amend the Constitution? I'm yes, like, we just, I just did. Yes. Um, uh, well, I should well, be allowed to do that at will. Um, <laughs> 535 people plus all of their staff. Yes. Right? So they have to have a bunch of buildings because you can't. You can't you you wouldn't be able to have those people in one building. It would be it would have to be like a World Trade Center style building. It would have to be huge. Um, can we briefly? I know it's a side note, but can I just name the the the, the buildings? Yeah, go ahead. Cannon, yes. Ford, Longworth, O'Neill, Rayburn, Russell, Dirksen, and Hart. Yes. What do all of these names have in common? They're dead white males that served in the United States Congress. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. Which is that's who you name buildings after, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, when you yeah. serve in Congress, if you serve in Congress in there, there is no long woman, enough or there's no woman and there's no person of color. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe eventually we'll get a well anyway. I, it, well, and, I mean it, it but would, you're it, talking about a huge campus. If you're talking about um a total of like 200 acres of land plus the acres that are under the building. So four or 500 acres of land. That's a lot. Yes. Of acreage. That's a lot of management. That's just day to day. How many employees do they have? Oh, sit. Wow. Do you have that figure? Is it? it I think it's more than 2000, but I can't remember if that's right. Hang on. Right. We're going to look it up. 2,444. Yeah, and uh, it, the annual budget for the architect's office um, is $1.3 Now, compared to other agencies within the federal government, that's a drop in the bucket, right? 
But that's um, not a small amount of money amount to of money. control. I could do a lot of cool stuff with that money, Augie. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, 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 right. But it but also the, oh, it sorry. also made oh, this is great. It, 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 and, and I didn't know this. It manages Union Station. <laughs> well, that makes sense because Union Station is right there at the foot of the yes, right it's at the foot of the mall. But I, 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 it never dawned on me that you know the the architect's office would go ahead and manage Union Station. Okay, so now, yeah. can we can we talk briefly about the qualifications of the architect of the Capitol? Oh, do you Lord. have to be an architect? No, you do not. Nope. No, do you, you have do to live in D.C.? No, you do not. <laughs> um, we, do as, most people move to D.C.? Yes, they do. The architect of the yes, they, yes, they do. Yes. Okay. I'm um, assuming that you have to be pretty pretty politically adept. Yeah. In, 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 is that in, the main qualification is that you have to be able to well, dance this, with all the partners? Well, this is a source of controversy, right? Because um, um, you don't have to be an architect. Um, though you probably um, should be <laughs> uh, uh, the 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 or an engineer or something or the largest professional association of architects basically has been making the argument that you need to be an architect. But one of the difficulties of this job is that there are so many disparate functions, right? So on one hand, you could argue it should be an architect simply because you're talking about the management, development, maintenance of—I mean, these are landmark Important historical yeah, yeah, build, buildings, right. right? You want an architect. On the other hand, you could make the argument it should be an engineer, because many of these buildings were built hundreds <laughs> of years ago, and they're slowly crumbling. <laughs> yes. So, how do you retrofit them so that they? exist for the 21st century. Right. right. How do you even manage the electrical wiring in a building okay. that was built in the late 1700s? 1700s? Yes, right? For modern computing. I mean, think about that. I mean, talk about the mind-blowing problem. I mean, you know, think about the power plant, okay, and you know, its connection to uh global warming, climate change, you know, do we use fossil fuels? Do we use green energy? you should probably have some science background, right? Right. On the other hand, on the other, other hand, <laughs> yes, post 9-11, how do you maintain the safety and security of all of these important government officials and all of the visitors, guests, okay, and other folks who have business in the Congress, in the Supreme Court, you know, in the White House, right, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and on the other, 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 other hand, yeah, yeah. I would argue, and I've lost now how many others we have. We need I would to be argue an that this person, exactly, <laughs> this person needs to be an octopus. That's exactly right, Augie. They don't need to be a unicorn. unicorn. They need to be an octopus <laughs> because they need to also have just basic management skills for a sprawling thing that you are in charge of. Think about you're in charge of the botanical gardens and you're in charge of the K-9 unit for the Capitol Police. Like you're in charge of housing and caring for all of these disparate, not to mention senators and Congress people and, and Supreme Court, like, and all the protesters, all the visitors, all the people who come, right? Because you want everything to be a, a 
a safe and working environment. That just needs a basic person who can do administrative management. Like, I mean, if not an octopus, okay, a world-class juggler. Yes. With chainsaws. Yeah. I mean, not just juggling like balls because anybody could do that, but like juggling live chainsaws or fiery torches or whatever. Think about this, Nia. For most of the world, the buildings we just mentioned are the representations of the United States to the rest of the world. Right. right? Hence the attack on the Pentagon during 9-11 right and the potential attack on the white house they weren't sure where that was plane was was going yeah but nevertheless i mean you know these are monuments yeah these are the representations of the you know the 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 leading country of the western world okay to the rest of the world right right um no uh, pressure (laughs) and and then you talked about (laughs) and then you mentioned politics right um uh you're managing buildings with some high i'm going to be diplomatic high ego individuals right they think they are experts on everything i mean you're talking about members of congress you're talking about the office of president you're talking about nine supreme court justices right right these are folks who have been told at a very young age that they were the smartest person in the world so even if they don't know anything about architecture, engineering, okay, providing security, my goodness, they have their opinions, right? Right. Now, to make matters worse, the most recent architect, an individual by the name of J. Brett Blanton, who was a Trump appointee, he by many accounts, okay, was not up to the job. Okay. Um, Nia, you mentioned about staying at home or not being in Washington, D.C. One of the sins that uh, Mr. Bland committed was apparently he stayed home during the assault on the Capitol um, (laughs) in January of 2021 because he said getting to the Capitol with all of the protesters in traffic was just not possible. <laughs> Which may or may not be true, but if you're asking yourself why he would need to be at the Capitol during the the, um, <laughs> the, the January 6th fracas, <laughs> part of that is that he is that position sits on the Capitol Police Board. Yes. Which yes. that day failed to call in reinforcements in a quickly enough in in a, in a timely enough manner right there were all kinds of things but he's also been accused of all kinds of stuff sexual harassment and um, not showing up for work and contracting irregularities right and that uh, that last point is one i'd like to talk about briefly if we could is this idea of contracting okay if you're the architect of the capital and you're contracting out work to be done at the Capitol. That is a big feather in a contractor's cap yes. to be able to say, we rebuilt the dome of the Capitol building or whatever. We reinforced the concrete. That's a selling point for that company. So there's a lot of money and a lot of prestige, prestige. That's right. that can be traded on with that, with that position. Yeah. And you have to be really careful about 
and it's not just I don't, I don't want to pick on Mr. Blanton. I feel certain that other architects have had maybe underhanded dealings of that kind of thing. I mean, I mean the, but also the scrutiny of this position is so much more than it would be in a regular architectural firm. But I will tell you that regular architects have their favorite contractors. And when you when they contract when architect is hired by the state to build a building, they lean towards certain people because they know their work. They know they're dependable. They know they'll get the yeah. job done right. Yes. So they kind of push contracts in some people's direction. I think because they know they're going to get the work they want. Yes, that's a really hard uh, that's thing to avoid. That's a difficult balancing because you right. want, yeah, you want the contracting to be open and transparent, and um, and, and for little for, firms to have a chance, a chance at getting one. Yeah, you know, little firms, new firms, firms that Minority are owned firms. Yeah, yeah, that are run by individuals who previously didn't have access to government contracts. Right. On the other hand, if you're somebody who's picking, okay, a multi-million-dollar contract. Okay, for okay. a monument Under, of the United, United States. States that's going to be closely scrutinized by, for instance, let's say the Capitol, Congress, 535 members of a hyper-partisan polarized body, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Right. You, you know, there's no winning there. Yeah. It, there's it, a it, reason this job has been empty. <laughs> For yeah, for for a while. And, and here's the other thing. Well, and it's I, not actually empty because technically we have an acting. Yeah, we have an uh, we have an uh, interim uh, uh, architect, um, and and what's her name? And she's an engineer. I yeah, think she, she's the she's the engineer. I think of the because the architect of the Capitol and the engineer of the Capitol are two different people. Yeah, Cherie uh, Rex wrote, who by the way is a licensed architect but had been the agency's chief engineer, okay, is the acting architect of the Capitol, okay? Um, but, I mean, here's, a, here's another point. The job pays $212,000 annually. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> there, 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 uh, we're not trying to be ugly, me and Augie, but. Okay, Nee and I, I both, and I both read a, uh, an article in the New York Times about this job vacancy, and there's a quote in the article: "Similar private sector jobs command more than twice that." Right. And 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 and, and again. And if and you've got problem after problem, and you've got pressure after pressure, you've got all this stuff. You've got to be done. It's got to be done within the budgeting process of the United States, which is fully dramatic yes and it's got to be done within the contracting the way the contracting is done in the united states i don't think two hundred and twelve thousand is enough no i'll be honest i, no. I don't and, and and i know some of our listeners are like man i would love to have a job that pays two hundred twelve thousand. okay yeah, me too yeah me too but with what we just <laughs> described okay that's I'm, not enough <laughs> I, i'm telling you right now Nia, if they offered me three quarters to a full million dollars a year I would still have to take a weekend as to and, and decide whether or not I want to, would want that job. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, I mean, because just the stress level on this job is really high. Yeah. I mean, you know, my family doctor would more than likely, you know, not recommend I take it simply because he would like to see me stay alive 
for longer than the tenure of being in this job, right? Okay. Well, and think too about the the nitpicky BS. Notice I did not curse. BS that you have to put up with in terms of, okay, so let's back up. Mr. Blanton, one of his, one of what was seen as one of his giant sins was during the Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have 1700 votes to On be whether, speaker. Yeah. Whether or not he would become speaker of the house. Yeah. He moved into that office. He moved into the speaker's office before he was actually elected speaker. Yes. And Mr. Blanton was, was blamed. Oh, he was roasted by the Democrats. Because okay. they said he shouldn't have allowed Kevin McCarthy to move into that into that office. Now, listeners, there was never a question about whether Kevin McCarthy was going to be the Speaker of the House. The, it was just what it was going to cost him. Yes. Right? The votes cost him all kinds of things. That's why they kept having votes. But there was no question that it was going to be anybody else. Yeah, I mean – Not really. I mean yeah. I don't think anybody else was really close. No. It was just what torture they were going to put him through before they gave him the job. So Blanton not letting him move into an office would have just been churlish on top of everything else, right? Like oh, that – Yeah. That's so petty. That was a no-win – situation for Mr. Blant, right? right? Because if he waited until McCarthy was officially voted as speaker, okay, then McCarthy, okay, as we saw it play out, would have been without an office for a week. Right. Right. On the uh, where's the speaker? He's out on the porch. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like you can't do that. The speaker's <laughs> business needs to I mean, speaker's he, business needs to be continuing as much as it can because that's part he, of the continuity of government. Like he's down at the visitor center. Exactly. He's, 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 at got, a, he's in the he's on he's at the botanical garden on a picnic bench. <laughs> he's at a table. Watch out for the Secret Service; they'll knock you down if you try to get close. I mean, you know, like it, 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 he's got a table at the visitor center and he's holding <laughs> meetings there. Exactly. <laughs> or better yet, he's in the Watergate. Yeah, he's here. Um, because you know, the, there's never been any history of trouble with that. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's on the subway system, okay? He's just riding around. He's just riding back and forth, <laughs> taking meetings, okay? Next stop, oh, we have the junior members of the House of Representatives. It's your turn to lobby, okay, the future speaker, right? Um, so – and. And also keep in mind, Mr. Blanton was not an architect. Mr. Blanton was an engineer. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that as an engineer, especially being an engineer with the Navy, right, and with other – wasn't he with the airport? I think he was with the airport authority. Yeah, he was with the uh, Washington Metropolitan uh, uh, Authority, which manages uh, what? Dulles uh, and uh, Reagan. Uh, Dulles and Reagan, okay. Uh, I mean – So he probably was – he is probably a very – practical human in many ways mm -hmm. right like his statement about not going down because he wouldn't have been able to get through the traffic is is practical in some ways it's also <laughs> probably not cool and he could have gotten through if he'd had police making a way for him but anyway yeah. that's neither here nor there but i'm saying practically speaking he looked at that situation and thought well he's going to end up with the office anyway we might as well just move him in yeah yeah and I yet mean and yet he caught 
uh, hell in a handcart for that. And in addition to other things, now I'm not saying that he's a good guy because clearly he had a lot of problems. Clearly, oh, yes, with oh, the yeah. sexual harassment and the and the irregularities. Right, Blanton was Blanton was not the the best person for that position. But, in, in, in many, but ways, also he, he couldn't win that job. I mean, yeah, there in, was, and in, 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 in many ways, Blanton was very characteristic of. And I apologize to the Trump supporters who may be listening. Very characteristic of other Trump of appointees. His appointees. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, because and of President Trump himself. Okay, because they come from different experiences. Okay, life experiences, and the Byzantine ways that the federal government operates is not for everybody. Right. Right. It's not for everybody. Right. And you know, and, and we talked about this the first season of this podcast that the people who go to work and run agencies for the federal government are from a very select unusual group of people who can do certain jobs right, right? the successful ones are yes. are unique that's why we called them unicorns although i'm i'm liking your octopus Oh yes, imagery because I mean, that's way better. Right? Yes. You got to have at least eight arms. Yeah, right. To be able to handle all that. Yeah, or now, you. In fairness to Mr. Blanton, hard <laughs> job, and what we and this job to get back to the job itself, something that that people should keep in mind if they're going to apply for this job, which we are encouraging you to do. There's no reason you can't. We we um, we we have been consistent on this podcast. We recommend government service. Quite obviously, we believe in it because we both have government jobs, but nevertheless. Um, here lately, some of the senators have been trying to depoliticize some of this this jobs, this works, the work that this job does. Yes. Right. They've been trying to take some of the politics out of it. Yes. Um, so isn't, we, yeah. that, isn't that what they're trying to do is to try to sort of say – we're not going to have about how how they how the appointment is created and how it's done right so that they have a better so that congress yeah so what what we uh what we have right now is a proposal and it's co-sponsored by a republican representative from Wisconsin Brian Stell and a democratic uh, Senator from Minnesota, uh, Amy Klobuchar, um, that would make the architect of the Capitol position an employee of Congress. Okay. Because right now it reports to the president, president part of the executive. executive. And, and the interesting thing here is, um, from what I've read, uh, the Biden administration is not opposing this proposal okay? okay um but if you think about how much of the job is doing things for congress or agencies that have been authorized into existence by the congress you could plausibly make an argument that this perhaps should be an employee of the united states congress and that president should not have the appointment authority to reward perhaps supporters who may not be qualified 
for this rather difficult job. I mean, let's not make no bones about it. We've we've cracked jokes in this episode, etc. But this is a difficult job, and it's an important job. Right. If anything, Nia, um, and you've heard me say this about other government agency jobs, one could plausibly make an argument that this position needs to be split up, okay, into multiple positions, right? Yeah, it's an awful lot to ask somebody to do. Um, when William Thornton was architect of the Capitol, <laughs> there was a building. Yeah, right? I mean, you know we're what talking, I mean? Like, yeah, there we're was talking a building, really small a federal government, yeah. He did have to drain a swamp, right? He yeah. did have to actually have some, he was an amateur architect, by the way, he wasn't a he wasn't yeah. a formally trained architect. Yeah, yeah. But, I he mean, he had, Washington. Yeah. I mean, the city of Washington was a backwater Hickville. We've talked about that before. That was literally a swamp, and they had to drain it out and put a building there. But they didn't have a huge like now. It is so involved that position that it really has, I think, evolved into something that probably ought to be two or three different jobs. Yeah, I mean, you could go ahead and just remove, for instance, the policing and security function into a completely different unit. Right? Exactly. I mean, I'm not saying that architects and engineers are unfamiliar with policing and security, but I think one could plausibly make that argument, right? I think you could too. I agree okay. with you there. Okay, you could even just have a separate position just to manage the business elements, the gift shops, the parking garages, food. the food, et cetera, right? Think about just having somebody focus on transportation, right? Union Station, the subway system, okay, et cetera, right? And we do know that the 2,444 employees do that, right? Like yes. yeah. There are subheads of the agency that, yes. yeah, that we are, are in charge of those yeah. things. But maybe if you broke those things out – and had a council of leadership yeah, that included yeah. an architect and the head of the transportation and the head of, then maybe it wouldn't be so stressful a job. And maybe you could get people to take it because this people get flattered to be asked, but they don't say yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. You know what I mean? That's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a weird kind of, and in part of because of the, the low pay, in part of because of the stress and the political stress that's involved. And now I'm a little worried, and I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the future of this position. I'm a little worried that if it comes under Congress, it will get even more partisan. Yeah. and and, and Can you speak and, to that a little? Yeah, I mean, because the concern here is, and, and listeners, what Nia is referencing is, um, uh, let's just say, for instance, you have a divided Congress, which is what we currently have. Uh, the Republicans control the House and the Democrats control the Senate. Um, um, uh, does that, do those divisions play out um, in a position controlled by Congress? Could they ever get to an agreement on who should be the architect, right? Right. I mean, if we have the struggle that we have with Supreme Court We're nominees, nominees, are we yeah. going to have that same struggle? Or think about this: think about how power has quickly shifted back and forth between the parties in both houses of Congress. Okay, so we have an architect picked by a Democratic-controlled Congress. 
but then we have midterm or presidential year elections and the Republicans regain control of the Congress. Do they go ahead and terminate an architect simply because that architect was picked by the Democrats or right. vice versa? Right. Right. Um, I mean, I it's mean, a real consideration. I mean, do we want that kind of turnover in a position that has that much responsibility? That is exactly what I was – I mean, I was, that is an excellent way to put what I was worried about because yeah. I was vaguely worried, and that's exactly it is the turnover. Yeah. Do we really – people who have served in this job 15, 20 years, 10, 15, 20 years, you need that kind of continuity because these building projects – hey, Augie. When's the last time you built a Capitol dome? <laughs> I'm betting it took more than six months, right? You know how bathroom renovations go. Go, right? right? That's been a two-year ongoing saga in your life and will be another two years before it's finished. Yes. If that's a bathroom in your house in Richmond, I mean, I'm, I'm – uh, Listeners, I've never been to Augie's bathroom in in his house in Richmond, but I'm betting it's not like the Taj Mahal. I'm betting it's a relatively reasonable-sized bathroom. It's a small bathroom, but part of the and issue yet... is – Part of the issue, and this goes back to a point we made earlier in the podcast. My house was originally built in 1955, right? Part of the difficulty is how do you go ahead and replace, okay, pipes and plumbing – that in a couple of the instances are original to the house, right? Right. So if you're renovating, for instance, um, again, uh, making reference to an article that both Nee and I read, you know, there's a renovation to the Cannon Building in Congress right now, right? Okay. It's long delayed, okay, wildly over budget, right? In part because the Cannon Building was built decades ago right. right so how do you retrofit that building okay i'm to me I, yeah go ahead uh, asking a modern question right <laughs> how do you accommodate changing bathroom mores yes in the united states where we have gone from straightforward gender, male female gender specific to to, to non-gender specific yeah which is a great thing right it's more inclusive it, 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 yes and they're awesome to use right because yeah. they're they tend to be individual bathroom spaces which yes. is nice because then nobody's talking on the cell phone next to you not that <laughs> yeah. i'm bitter about that but but you know what i mean like those are wonderful and but we had we just did that in the library on vcu's campus and yeah. it took better than a year to put in three bathrooms. Uh-huh. They're great. Yeah. They're wonderful. Yeah. And they're and they're great for patrons. They're great for staff. But three three bathrooms took one year. Yeah. I don't know. And that's in a building that we have almost sole control over. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about what, you, what about a building that's considered a historical preservational monumental thing? I know I just made that term up. But but, but, you know, near to your point, an example that comes to my mind is um, when the Supreme Court had to get um, uh, a new AC unit, and I was thinking that it was like either in the 1980s or the 1990s, okay? The court made the proposal to Congress and had the, had the approval of the uh, – uh, capital architects office but 
it took multiple years for Congress to consider it. Okay, then you had to have the bidding process, right? Um, Which it, has it, to be open for a certain length of time, time for the federal government, depending on the amount of the contract. Okay, and because Which these would have been big, this would uh, was was huge. <laughs> Uh, and mind you, listeners, the Supreme Court building itself was built in 1935. So in terms of U.S. federal government buildings in Washington, D.C., it's like a baby compared right. to some of the other buildings, right? <laughs> right? But it was a project that took nearly 10 years to complete. Exactly. And if your turnover is every two years at an election, oh my God. there's not enough continuity. No. I right? mean, what we want with this architect's position, it really is 15 years. You want somebody to start a project and be able to see it through, yeah. or at least be able to see it through multiple stages of the project so that it can be handed off in a reasonable. If you had to hand off a project like that every two years, it would take an additional 10 years plus the 10 years that already it took yeah. to I get mean, it just, done. You got it done. I mean, because, you know, because somebody's got to come up to speed. Yes. Right? That takes a while. They got to figure out who everybody is, what all the players are, who all the contractors are, all that kind of stuff. And then they have to communicate with those people. And if they decide to change something. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Like, no, no, I mean, no. I mean, you get a new architect who comes in and says, okay. I think it should all be in the right style of straight lines. And you're yeah, like, wait, what? What, what, no. what, 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 you know, you know, they, you get a new architect with, you know, their new folks. Okay. And they come in and say, this project has not been managed well. Okay. We're going to redo the deadlines. We're going to start from scratch. Right. Okay. Okay. And now you got members of the Congress, you got, you know, folks at Union Station or, or, you know, the Botanical Gardens and they're going, huh? What? What? Okay. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> right. Okay. All, all we want to do is put a pipe in right over here. Yeah, right? No, 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 no. We have to revisit the entire. And, and here's the other thing in, 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 and this is not for nothing. I don't think it is. Think about how many Americans' impressions of their federal government is affected by going to these buildings, right? Oh, okay. Uh, the first time I stood at the Supreme Court, it felt like a cathedral. Sure. And I've never been actually in the building I've owned because it was closed when I was there, but it's so big. And so white. And so <laughs> I mean, imposing, it's right? Like, yeah. It says to you, I am the law. You know, I and am, you say, Oh, okay, you, you yeah, yeah, I, I'm just I, gonna I, stand here quietly. I am I am justice. Or you know, right. the first the first time I went into the Library of Congress and I was just like, I need to get out of here because I'm overwhelmed. And that really is a cathedral. That yeah. really is uh, you know, I'm overwhelmed. Notre Dame in some ways to me. But think about what happened in front of a lot of these buildings after the 9-11 attacks and barriers were, were put up, right? right? Okay. And the bollards and all the other the, the, things. You know, okay. I mean, you know, all of a sudden you had all of these visitors, okay, who are like, I don't have access to my government buildings, right? You know, I have traveled with my family. I've come on, you know, class field trips, okay, and, you know, we want this experience. Right. Okay. Oh, but it, when, it, I, when I was a kid living in North Carolina, I was like, okay, kids, troop onto the bus. We're going to D.C. And you'd get up and go really early in the morning and yeah. you'd go to the Smithsonian or you'd go to – and but you'd walk the mall. 
Yeah. Which this architect is is responsible is responsible for. for. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is. So we're really- encouraging you to apply for the job, but we are encouraging you to do it with a grain of salt. Keep in mind that it is a difficult job. Eyes highly wide. publicized. Eyes wide open. Eyes wide, wide open. open. Right. Okay. You know, this isn't a Stanley Kubrick movie. Eyes, <laughs> you know, eyes wide close. shut. Yeah, right. Okay. These are eyes <laughs> wide open. Wide, wide open. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, thanks, Nia. Um, uh, this was a, a, an episode that, that I pitched to Nia because I, you know, I, I saw this article. Um, and, and one of my former students uh, used to work in this office. Uh, and, I, I, and I've just been fascinated by this office, right? Um, until my student went to work there, I was unaware that this office existed. Um, until Augie told me, I was unaware that this office existed. <laughs> but now it makes me want to find other yes. people in the government who are doing this kind of thing, you know, where so there's you, like one person who's in charge of, of you know, all of this. You know, right. All of, of all some... of <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Right. And, and, and don't be surprised, uh, uh, listeners, if we do future episodes to where we find more of these types of government jobs, because again, this goes back to the purpose of this podcast. You know, we want to expose you to government documents, government processes, or in this case, government jobs and the important work that they do and how difficult they are. Right. I mean, it's just truly phenomenal to me the responsibility that this particular office has, okay? Well, and you know this person gets called before Congress and the Congress people ask them questions that they think if you had taken one basic architecture class, you would know the answer to that question. Yeah, right. You know or, what I mean? The yeah. same way they do the tech industry where they're like, now if I log into this, is it going to log me in? And you're like, you just used the words that answered your question. But yeah, yeah, right. I'm I mean, sure that they get some of that too where they're, where they, they're called – to answer questions yes by people who have no subject expertise and they have to break it down at the very basic level yeah it, it, it kind of work. thing you need to, you need to think about the sandstone that this these buildings were originally built with and what they do in terms of years deterioration and blah blah yes. blah blah like they have to explain all that you know the exterior buildings okay the the paint the walls inside okay uh, the the we can't plumbing even talk about lead okay the technology <laughs> right. right okay um and if it collapses the oh. the death toll yes in certain buildings would be yeah. horrific yeah like, yeah i mean if, I the, even... if the dome came down I mean, there are people, there are hundreds of thousands of people working, going in and out of the building all the time. Or, How many or, would be hurt? Thousands would be hurt. Or, or Nia, you know, you know, drawing upon both yours and my emergency management background, think about if there was some sort of natural disaster or terrorist attack of Union Station. Right. Oh, we can't even. I mean, at I nine mean, o'clock in the morning. Yeah, nine o'clock in the morning. That would be horrific. Okay, during a work day. Right. Okay, a, a typical workday, work a, a week. Tuesday, which is yeah. what nine eleven was. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, just think about that. I right? mean, we we in nine eleven we were, and I won't say lucky because that's not the right word, but we were fortunate, fortunate. Yeah. that the that the buildings falling was timed the way it was because if it had been an hour later, oh. It yeah. would have been the death toll would have been, been. fifty thousand instead of four thousand. Four thousand is still awful. Yes, but awful. nevertheless, yeah, 
But okay. So yeah. it, that's another thing that has to weigh on your mind. Is that, so we sound like we're not selling this job, and that's not what we mean to do. We just mean uh, exactly what Augie said. Apply, but go in with your eyes wide open that this is a – you'll need to be an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are an octopus looking for a job, here you go. <laughs> we, we have the ideal position for you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nia. Thanks, Augie. <laughs>